Greetings and welcome to another different church podcast. My name is Jarrett and I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm recording this intro at 10.22 p.m. Tuesday night. That's right. You're going to be hearing this three days late. Apologies. I wasn't going to get this done on Sunday because of the Super Bowl. I was too busy losing all of my money. <laughs> and uh, not, now, to be clear, not because I bet against the Chiefs. I, I picked the Chiefs to win. But I had a bunch of crazy parlay bets that didn't hit, so I didn't win anything. No one cares. Anyway, um, I forgot to do it yesterday, so that's why the podcast is three days late. The Super Bowl, me forgetting, and here we are. Um, Yeah, I hope you're having a good week. Uh, This past Sunday was a really cool, um, I want to say episode, so I will, episode of church. Um, one of our, uh, super duper awesome, uh, members, people, parishioners, Kathy helped, uh, do vision boards after church. And in honor of that, we sort of talked about future dreams, uh, during our service, how to have them, what to do if you're not having them. Is it okay if you're not able to dream about the future, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, you may or may not know that. We've done a few Jimmy World songs at our church in the past, and I would have loved to do one for this service. They had a record called Futures, and it would have been awesome. But, you know, that one is a a really, really loud, super heavy guitar track, and I just don't think it was going to be the right vibe for that week. But if you know the song, uh, just imagine it playing in the background right now. And, um, yeah, let's let's go to Hannah. one announcement before we are doing actually we're just uh inviting people to come support another one of our awesome members caleb is doing he's participating in a conference called regenerate tampa bay uh go to diff.church for details you can rsvp come out to support we would love to have you hannah take it away so The topic today is future dreams because we're having a dream vision board kind of a thing happening after church. And I love this topic. There's just something magical to me about thinking about the future and imagining all the possibilities and working every day to bring them to life in the present. And it's something I do, like I'm an old lady, so I crochet and knit all the time. And I do that with crochet and knitting. Like I'll have an idea for a project and then I will work on it a little every day, like one stitch at a time until it comes to life. And it usually does not look like whatever I'm trying to make, the picture, whatever the pattern is, I'm like, "Mm, I'm gonna have to fiddle with that because I am too picky. Like the last sweater I made, it was like this beautiful, perfect thing. And I was like, I don't like it. I'm gonna change it. And I did. And the sweater I made before that wanted to use a giant yarn. It would have been super easy. I had just been like, ta-da. But instead I was like, I will redo every single math equation for this entire pattern based on my measurements so that I can use the yarn I want to. And this is not stressful at all, my hobby. (laughs) Now, we have an honesty policy at Different Church and so I have to be honest (laughs) that lately future dreams or dreaming of any kind feels fairly inaccessible to me and I think that is what life with little kids does to you. It gives you like this myopic, narrow focus that cannot see beyond the present moment, no matter how hard you try. And it's annoying, but it's also, I assume, for the preservation of our species. Because if I were not focused on the one billion things that have to be done every day to keep the tiny humans alive, then they would just accidentally kill themselves, constantly. 
Um, like I was literally just holding my baby this morning and he was like, Ugh. and I was like, why? What is that? What is that? You're trying to die? Like <laughs> earlier this week, I did an exercise and I just wrote down any thought that came into my head for 30 minutes that was like, I need to do this or like needs based. It needed something from me. Would you like to know all the thoughts? Okay. Well, it's only 30 minutes, mind you. And this is not all of them. <laughs> the baby's nails are sharp. I need to trim them. What happened to the cup of milk Nova was drinking this morning? I hope it's not spilled somewhere. I need to find it before it starts smelling bad. The laundry got left in the washer. We're out of vitamin C. Did the baby get vitamin D drops this morning? I need to clean the bathroom. Oh, I need to go to the bank for the church. This, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking when this happened. It's just in all caps. Oh no, laundry soap. <laughs> I don't remember why that was in all caps, but I need to file the annual report with the state of Florida. Can't be late on that. And then emails with one exclamation point, emails with two exclamation points, emails with a lot of S's. I haven't looked at what I need to do to do school with Nova this week. Dang it, it's too late to thaw the chicken. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have something else for dinner. The baby is awake already. Didn't he just go to sleep five minutes ago? I need to finish categorizing the expenses for the bookkeeper. Are we missing anything for our taxes? Where's the thank you card I was supposed to mail last week? Do you need another snack? Didn't I feed you an hour ago? Yes, blueberries. No, out of blueberries. Saturday. I don't know what that means. It's just what I wrote. <laughs> Saturday. I could keep going, but we would be here all day. Keeping the tiny humans alive is... Um, at any given moment, my brain looks like a internet window that has like 157 tabs open, or it's completely blank because it overloaded itself and I got the blue screen of death, or that doesn't happen anymore, does it? Like, force quit, force quit a fatal error. <laughs> and like, it has to be that way on some level because kids do demand your undivided attention. That's just how it works. It doesn't last forever. Eventually they become less all-consuming. I don't know when, but eventually. <sighs> And that level of brain crunching every day, all day, does not leave a lot of room for thinking about the future. And if I am thinking about the future, it's usually with like a small sense of dread because I'm thinking about the immediate future. For example, how many times is he gonna wake up tonight? And tomorrow night? And this week? And this month? And this year? This is my life now. I'll never sleep again. Now, I know that's not true. I know that intellectually. I also know that from experience because I have an older kid. Eventually, the baby will sleep. It will not be in high school, waking up six times a night and needing pats on his butt to fall asleep. That's not how it's going to work. But in the moment, it is almost impossible to believe that that is true. And I love our honesty policy. However, at the moment, I kind of hate it because I would rather not tell you. <laughs> I don't want to tell you all kinds of things. I don't want to tell you that PPA is like kicking my butt currently. Uh, PPA is postpartum anxiety, if you don't know. It's not really talked about that much. Usually people talk about postpartum depression, which is also terrible, but much more common. Um, if you don't know what postpartum anxiety like is, just imagine you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby. That's what it's like. And I had really significant issues with that after my daughter was born. She was born in 2020. 
which is the first problem, 2020 was the first problem, then, you know, she was not an easy baby. I think every parent that year had some kind of anxiety, like the statistics for that are off the charts. Um, and the whole year though, I was like, this is not okay. Like, I am not okay. We're not gonna survive this. But I wasn't depressed. I kept looking all the signs up and I'd be like, I don't have that. They'd be like, do you enjoy life less? No. Do you want, do you have thoughts of like harming yourself or your baby? And I'm like, no. Um, it should have said, do you stay up all night watching her breathe? <laughs> do you think all the time that if she's out of your sight that something's gonna happen to her? That's what the question should have been. And I felt crazy, I couldn't sleep. Even when she was sleeping through the night, just totally fine, which she started doing at like six months old, I would be up all night panicking. Like every night at 1 a.m., I would wake up and I felt like there was like concrete on my chest and I couldn't breathe and my heart was racing every night for months. And eventually, when she was 10 years old, I found a therapist and I would have done that sooner. This is a side note, but like it took me three months to find someone who took my insurance who also knew what the heck they were talking about because regular anxiety is not the same as postpartum anxiety. It's so lovely. And so I found someone who knew what she was talking about and also was a mom, so she had a little empathy. And she was a lifesaver. And I started sleeping again, and I started accessing my coping strategies again. And so when I got pregnant with Noah, I made sure that I had support. Like the whole pregnancy was difficult because we have lost two babies. But like every day I would be like, I have to work and wake up and be calm and we can do this. And I had support the whole pregnancy like every other week I saw her. And then after he was born, I was like, I need more support. I just wanna make sure that we're okay. I feel okay, but I just wanna make sure we're okay. And I was as proactive as possible because I knew how it could get, right? And it was hard after he was born because no one is like, you know what would be great, so easy, like the easiest thing you've ever done in your life, a baby. No one says that. There were plenty of hard days, but fundamentally underneath, it was fine. Like I was on solid ground. I had some kind of perspective. And people would be like, how you doing, are you okay? And I'd be like, well, I'm tired, but like, yes, I'm okay. And I know the answer to that question is no right now because I don't want to answer it. I want to be like, well, you know, which is not an answer. And also, you don't know. <laughs> Unless you have my specific baby, you don't know. I know the answer is no because I am not using my spiritual gift of complaining. Um, when I can complain about things humorously, like that's like a coping mechanism. Everyone in my family complains. I come from a long line of complainers. Um, it is known as being a Jew. And I'm allowed to say that because literally everyone in my family is good at this. <laughs> and my grandfather was the greatest of them all. I would call him and I'd be like, hi, grandpa. And he'd say, what's high about it? <laughs> I am not kidding. <laughs> that, one of his many things, he would watch his favorite team was, um, I don't know what they're called now because I don't keep up with football. The commanders, the commanders or the who is in Washington. Okay, so he would record their games. And mind you, they've been terrible for a long time. My whole childhood, he would watch the game, be depressed, record the game and re-watch it and stay in despair. And he'd be like, this is what, I knew this was gonna happen. I'm like, yeah, cause you already watched it. You've seen this. And he's like, can you believe this? This team is garbage. I love them. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Speaking of football, there's an important episode of football on today. The season finale, I hear. <laughs> I don't even know who's playing other than maybe Taylor Swift's boyfriend. <laughs> 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 
But you know, if you're into that, cool. I'll be there to watch Usher because yes. <laughs> I don't know why at the Super Bowl you can only you're only allowed to have artists that like adults like. Like kids watch the Super Bowl, right? Twenty somethings, teenagers, they have good music. Why do why did I have to Usher was popular half my life ago. Why is he just now getting the Super Bowl? I don't understand. Anyways, as long as I can complain, <laughs> you know I'm on the right path. I don't have the energy to complain. I saw my therapist on Tuesday, and she was like, you look tired. And I was like, yeah, I have a mirror. Thanks. <laughs> and she was like, no, that's not what I mean. You look like your soul is tired. And I was like, oh. And she's like, your spark is dim right now. And I was like, oh, I mean, I, I like you because you tell me the truth, but oof, <laughs> you don't have to be that honest. She's not wrong. <laughs> I'm not having trouble sleeping like I did with Nova, mostly because I'm up five or six times a night anyways. So how would I know if I was having trouble sleeping? But I know like my jaw hurts all the time because I'm like clenching it all the time, so tight. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm drowning, but like it feels like the tide's coming in slowly, like I'm here and we're keeping it together and it's here. And it's like, mm, it's coming for you. And this is the part where people are like, oh my God, just ask for help. Which is A, hard to do. B, I would not have a clue what to ask for because I don't really need anything. And having to think of something that I need help with is just another thing on that list that I read to you earlier. So it's probably not going to happen. Although if you are of the Pentecostal persuasion and you would like to lay hands on my baby and pray in the name of Jesus that he will sleep through the night or at least three hours in a row, I'll start small. I will happily let you do that. You can claim the blood of Jesus <laughs> or whatever you want to do over his tiny, smushy face. I don't actually need this to be fixed, which is what everyone wants to do. It's what I want to do, really. I want to fix it. I'm not sure it's fixable, like unless we figure out what's going on with his stomach, which we may never figure out. He may just grow out of it. It's not going to be fixed. Like he's going to keep waking up upset until his stomach doesn't hurt because of course he is. He has not been, I have, I have sauce in my fridge older than him. He doesn't know anything. He's like, ow, help me. I feel like when he wakes up, he's like, help, I'm awake. <laughs> Which I would love to do, but no one cares. <laughs> like eventually he'll sleep and eventually it won't be so all consuming and eventually my brain will be able to complete a thought again and I know that we'll get through it because we survived Nova and that was 10 times worse. And we'll be okay, even if right now is not okay. I saw a meme this week and it was a tiny little mouse wearing a pink tutu and the caption was, the horrors persist, but so do I. <laughs> and I feel like that's my motto right now. So why am I telling you this? And what does it have to do with future dreams? Well, one, the honesty policy that we have itself is a result of the dream that we had for different church when we began. Both Jarrett and myself, and I would guess many of you, have been part of churches where the person who is on the stage was not honest about what was going on in their lives. 
and they're up on some kind of pedestal and they can't show the cracks or the doubts or the lack of faith or their struggles. And if they do share their struggles, it's usually from the perspective of, this is what God has taught me. And I'm going to share this wisdom with you so that your life is not so terrible. Or this is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning. And which makes people think that pastors just somehow have more faith or some kind of special connection to God. Um, or worst of all, that we're handling life somehow better than you and there must be something wrong with you if you can't be as perfect and awesome as I am as to find a lesson in everything terrible that happens to you. And I have only ever promised to just be a person up here. I am not any different up here than I am down there. Why does that matter? Because if you are struggling, I want you to know that you're not crazy. You're a human and life sucks sometimes. You might not be dealing with postpartum anxiety, I hope not, <laughs> but you might be depressed or anxious or overwhelmed or enraged or trapped or exhausted or like there's no hope or like you're on a hamster wheel with no options. And whatever's happening in your brain, you're not crazy and you're not alone and it is not the end. You're a human and this is how life is sometimes. I'm just a human and this is how having a baby that never sleeps is sometimes. That doesn't mean it's the end. That doesn't mean God has abandoned you. Our social contract, our different church agreement, if you will, is that we are all gathering here and trying to show up as honestly as we can and figure out what it means to have faith in Jesus in real regular life. This is a manifestation of the dream Jarrett and I had from the very beginning. Was it possible to be that honest? We hoped so. Turns out it is. Was it possible to have a church that had like evangelical flavor without all the non-inclusive nonsense and other stuff? <laughs> That's not the word I wanna use. <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> we hoped so but it turns out it is possible. Was it possible to not pressure people or use guilt trips or like emotionally manipulative tactics to get people to participate in faith community? We hoped so, and it turns out it is possible. Was it possible to start a church three weeks before COVID hit with a pregnant, anxious pastor <laughs> who would deal with severe PPA and for that church to still be here almost four years later? We didn't, we didn't know that any of that was coming, so we didn't hope so, but it turns out it is possible. <laughs> Why do we dream? Why do we set intentions for things? Is it because we're trying to be all like, prosperity gospel, name it and claim it? Put your wishes in the universe and they'll come back to you, etc. blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> it's because the ability to dream about the future is a gift that God has given us and that God wants us to use. My current dream is that one day this baby will sleep. But beyond that, like I have dreams that he will grow up to be kind and gentle and steady and that he and his sister will have an unbreakable bond and that he can like anchor some of her wildness <laughs> with his calm. I have dreams that she will take the bonfire in her body and learn how to manage it so that it doesn't consume her and so that she can also change the world. I have dreams that both of my babies will grow up unafraid of God and that they're not afraid to ask questions or wonder, and that faith will be something that's not a burden for them. For different church, I have lots of dreams. It's a little hard to access them right now. They're hibernating, <laughs> but they're there. Like, this is the surface. They're like, they're like here. 
they pop out every now and then again. I have dreams like someday of us having our own multi-purpose space, not a space that like is open for an hour on a Sunday and then just sits unused for the rest of the week. And then why, what a waste. I have dreams of like a multi-purpose space so that we could use that as an opportunity to provide things that would really add value to the community that people really need to know, like classes on anything, how to make a budget, how to cook, how to write a resume, parenting, that we could provide access to care for people who can't afford it, like birth classes and postpartum support and mental health therapy and support around coming out or support around church trauma, that there would be people who maybe would need office space who could have office space and use that office space to counsel people who need help in their life and need support and need coaching. And that we would just pay for it or offer it at like a really reduced like cost sliding scale kind of thing. So that people can get the support they need without having to wait three months to see a therapist who knows what they're talking about because they can't find one who doesn't take their insurance and only wants to meet with you online, et cetera, et cetera. Like the barriers. I was like, when I was looking for my therapist with Nova, I was like, thank God I'm not depressed because I would have given up already on this, but I was anxious. So I was like, I'll just keep typing. <laughs> I have endless energy and adrenaline in my body. <laughs> I have dreams of a beautiful space that's filled with light where people, any people who want to get married can get married in a church that loves them and celebrates them like God does. I do not have dreams of making different into a megachurch. Instead, I have dreams of like us helping other people start churches in their community and creating like a net, like taking some of the financial terror out of starting a faith community for somebody, like if someone's like, uh, there's nothing, I can't tell you how many emails we get where people are like, hey, do you know of a church like yours in Palm Harbor? Nope. I can direct you to gaychurch.org which you at least know is inclusive, but most of them are liturgical, which is wonderful. But we like to be loud. And I like, where do the evangelicals go? Where do the people go who have grown up with like, this is your home base. Do you really wanna go sing hymns and sit up and down 17 times in a service? That's fine if you do, but where do you go if you don't? I would love to help people start, like be like, what do you need? We can actually create a church in your community and I don't need your people to come here and I don't need them to pay us anything. Like we just want a more inclusive faith spaces to exist. And this is like just, it's been in my heart since the very beginning, someday. I dream of like a tiny little prayer room that's like so calm and so peaceful with like the comfiest couches in the world where you could just go if you're tired and talk to God and not be overstimulated by anything or anyone, and no one will bother you. I pray for those things. Not very often, because <laughs> it's hard to see very far ahead right now. But every once in a while, I open my, I stop doing this, and I open my hands and remember that God can work miracles because God already has. Look at us. Look at this. Look at all the dreams that have already come true. You were what we were dreaming of when we started Different Church. I didn't know your faces. It was just outlines on a blank page. 
You can come back up here. God filled in all the spaces with color, and you filled in all the space with your presence. In John 16, 33, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, and he says, in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Are you having trouble dreaming? Me too. We're human. In God, we have peace. Together, we can keep going. Are you bursting at the seams with dreams? Do you have so much energy? Wonderful. (laughs) In God, you have resolve. Together, we can keep going. Everyone is at a different place in their life. And everyone is at a different place in their ability to see the future. And sometimes you can see really, really far ahead. You're driving on a clear day with the sun high, right? For some of us, you're driving at night with your headlights on, and you can only see as far as your headlights. But you can make the whole trip that way. Loved ones, when you are not okay, remember the spirit who holds you in her arms and comforts you. When you are not inspired, remember the Christ who walks beside you and encourages you. When you are not hopeful, remember the Father who has gone before you and made a path forward. When you are unable to dream, remember the God who dreamed of you before time began. Breathe in, breathe out. The divine presence fills your lungs. With God, all things are possible. And in all possible futures, you are utterly loved. Go this week and rejoice in the miracle of your life. Amen. See you next week. You want to say bye? Say bye.